How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Grand Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With money and haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report. With Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Bigs talks football with you. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he appears now on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Football, 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 bears, bears, bears. Uh, Looks like they're working on getting this offensive coordinator job done. The report is that Shane Waldron will be the next offensive coordinator, perhaps as soon as today. Yeah, there you go. You got a guy with experience uh, in the role, uh, has done it for a while. You got a guy that... um, comes from that Sean McVay coaching tree, which, as you saw the list of candidates kind of expand and grow, that was a recurring theme with with what they had going on. You got a guy who I believe uh, has the same representation as uh, as the head coach, uh, and, and that's been something where you've kind of seen how uh, moves in the business aligned from time to time not always the case but i believe that's uh the situation uh here as well well that's a shocking development uh same agent that never happens uh so what what do the bears have in shane waldron brad what do you think that he brings to the table that the other eight candidates maybe didn't what do you think it was besides maybe the, the the same agent what else besides that appealed about shane waldron well, like I said, the Sean McVay coaching tree, which is very similar to what they have been doing uh, the past couple seasons with Luke Getze. You know, you just you kind of look at how these offenses have grown and evolved, adapted, and there's going to be tweaks here and there. You're going to have to uh, try to tailor things based on your personnel, but uh, they're not – taking a dramatic uh, step away from anything they were doing under Luke Getze here with Shane Waldron. I, I, I would imagine there's a good chance some terminology is going to be different. Uh, players will pick up on that pretty quickly. Um, 
schematically, I think uh, a lot of the stuff they're going to be doing is similar, uh, and uh, that'll probably be a welcome thing for, for some of the veterans who remain, right? I would think so, yeah. Um, I, I'm very curious, just the idea that the guy has called plays for a few years, and now he's coming to another defensive-minded coach. Only this time, I was saying to David, I believe he'll have more leeway than maybe he had with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll probably had specific ideas of things that he wanted in, in different games. I'm not sure that Eberflus is going to pound a table on the guy. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I think Eberflus uh, really wants to be involved in, in some of the preparation and, and things of that nature. So I don't know that he's going to have more uh, free reign now than he had under Pete Carroll. That's an interesting uh, idea. Um, how will they be able to run the football, right? What are his thoughts on that? And Because um, I think Waldron had, and the Seahawks specifically had, success running the ball back in uh, 2021, his first year uh, in Seattle, and they weren't so good running the football the past two years. Now they had a couple uh, talented uh, wide receivers on the outside, and you know, they got going that way. But um, Ibrahim is a guy who I think, you know, he wants that balance, right? And and uh, he believes in a physical presence, and and I think that uh, has to be reflected in the strategy and in game plan uh, as well. So, be interesting to see uh, what direction it takes, and then does he have uh, guys in mind to bring with him? Uh, because they've got some, uh, they've got some spots they got to fill out, and it's not Shane Waldron's call; it's Matt Eberflus's coaching staff. But you would imagine he would have uh, some input in that regard. Um, you know, Seattle has to replace its head coach, so they're able to go out and make a run at Waldron. And one of the one of the concerns I think people had out there for this Bears opening was how attractive is this job. Mm-hmm. If you've got a choice as an offensive coordinator, do you want to go with Eberflus in Chicago with what, on the outside, guys, anyway, appears to be an uncertain situation, or do you want to hitch your wagon to one of these guys that's, that's hot that appears will land one of the head coaching openings right now, that, that which would be a situation that would offer likely – uh, more stability or the appearance of stability anyway, so that they were able to move uh, with this kind of timeline. We talked about them having a head start and get to this point. Uh, that's that's kind of impressive. Waldron was, if he wasn't the first guy that they interviewed, he was very near the front of that list. I believe the Bears uh, flew to Seattle to conduct that interview. I think you know, I saw people make a big deal about the Bears interviewing Cliff Kingsbury in Los Angeles. As I understand it, a good portion, and it might have been more than a good portion of these interviews that they did, were with with them kind of crisscrossing the country. So it wasn't anything special there that 
um, <clears throat> oh hey, they're 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 in Los Angeles to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. Well, they were they were they were jetting around the country. Yeah, the best place to spend a Chicago winter is the West Coast. There's no doubt about that. So, Brad, three years ago when Waldron went to the Seahawks, the reports were, well, Russell Wilson wanted him there. So he came and he coached Russ for a year. didn't go so well. Drew Locke came from the Broncos. He was a young quarterback, and he's had experience going that route. And then Geno Smith comes, and they revive his career. So there's been a variety of the type of quarterbacks he's had, you know, to call plays for. I wonder, when you look at, him being hired by the Bears, people will want to know, does this indicate one way or another the Bears are leaning when it comes to this quarterback debate? What do you, what do you think about that? No, I, I, don't, I don't think a lot about that. I don't believe that uh, the coordinator really has say in a decision you're making uh, of that magnif- magnitude, who's going to be the quarterback on this roster. Does the coordinator have a little bit of input? Yeah. Is he in the room when the decision's made? Most times, probably not. Um, I, nothing that they would have done in the coaching search here as they were working to get an offensive guy for Matt Eberflus would have shifted my opinion in terms of what direction they're headed uh, at the quarterback position this offseason. I get that it's a, it's a nice talking point for people. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty clear to me they are going to be uh, drafting a quarterback. Um, what happens with Fields after that point, we'll have to uh, wait and see. Will he have a say on that, Brad? Fields? No, the the uh, oh, the, the new offensive, offensive coordinator? coordinator. Yeah. I, maybe I, you're gonna you're gonna watch some film with him, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna talk to him. You're mm-hmm. gonna get some input. But I I don't think um, I don't think you're hiring a guy uh, in January and uh, having him make the call when your GM's been there the entire time. His staff, uh, the head right. coach. You know, you, you sometimes you talk to coordinators, and I'm not talking specifically about this issue, but you talk to coordinators about bigger issues hey you know the value of this player to to what you're doing or a decision in terms of this player and and they're like you know the shrug goes up like hey dude that's so far above me i i couldn't tell you and and they're being legit though yeah. right so um let's not uh let's not pretend uh that that Shane uh Waldron's going to have the keys to the castle well yeah, that's understandable. Good explanation. On the other side of the ball, a less impactful coordinator position, the defensive coordinator job, Chris Harris, a former Bear, and now I think he was on the Titans staff, is reported to be interviewing later this week, Brad. Do you think that's a good fit? Chris Harris started his coaching career with the Bears as a quality control, I think, assistant back in 2013. Yeah, when, uh, when uh, Mark Tressman was here, Chris Harris came aboard, and he's a guy who um, impresses a lot of people. And he's had interviews for defensive coordinator jobs the past couple seasons. I believe the Colts talked to him when they were looking to replace Matt Eberflus. He was a candidate for the D.C. job in Indianapolis. At the time, he was working on Ron Rivera's staff in Washington. Uh, It looked like 
He might have a possibility of being a coordinator in Tennessee. They hired him with a different title. It was like kind of defensive passing game coordinator. There might have been another twist in there as well. And the 49ers interviewed him last offseason as well for the defensive coordinator job after D'Amico Ryans left for Houston. And we know that eventually Steve Wilkes was hired out there. But he's had his name in this mix in the hiring cycle season for a couple years now. Uh, He's put some time in in the business. And we don't know. It's possible Eberflus would give the coordinator hire on defense play calling, right? He hasn't definitively said what he's going to do one way or the other. He's said that it's a possibility. Uh, It'll be a consideration that Eberflus will retain those responsibilities on game day. But if he's made a decision, he certainly hasn't announced it publicly. So it's possible Chris Harris or a hire as the new D.C. could have uh, that in the uh, job description. When we think about um, this team moving forward, what's, you know, obviously they're going to draft a quarterback, as you said, right? We don't know if it's with the first overall pick, if it's with a trade down, but I would imagine that there'll be something that, uh, that will happen at that position. What, to you is, you know, I mean, the center position, another lineman, what, how would you prioritize their needs? Well, it all starts, I mean, it all starts at the quarterback and you can't, um, you can't overstate that beyond that. Yeah. They've, you got to look at the offensive line, the center position. Now, when you talk about prioritizing it, you're not, you're not using a first round pick on a center that wouldn't be uh, very sound or wise uh, but you you got to you got to look in free agency you got to look at the draft and you got to start putting your puzzle together okay what are some need areas um and what are some wants and you have to make a clear distinction between needs and wants needs you have to have wants you would like to have centers got to be on that need list you're going to have to have another wide receiver on that need list. Um, I would think you put an edge rusher on that uh, need list as well, but you can't, you can't have like six or seven things on your need list and say they have to do this. Like it doesn't work that way. Some of those things would have to slide over to the want list. Uh, So you, and you want to start being mindful of, okay, if we're going to be targeted and aggressive in free agency, Specifically, what are we in on? Uh, because as, as they continue to grow this thing, right, eventually they're going to have some young players that they're going to need to pay. So you can't, like, I got a, I think I got a question. Guy hit me up this weekend. What about them going after uh, Cortland Sutton, right? And some have wondered about T. Higgins. And I'm looking up, like, guys, this is a tremendous class of wide receivers for the draft this season. Why in the world would you want to go pay some guy that's about the same age as DJ Moore um, and have money in the two of those guys that are the same age when you could draft one, have that gap in age, right, where 
if you hit on that guy you're drafting, and that could be with the ninth pick in the draft, who knows, but if you hit on that guy, by the time you're going to have to pay him super big bucks, you don't know where DJ Moore – I mean, maybe DJ Moore is still cooking then, and and then that's a great situation to have, right? Maybe he's on the back nine at that point. Then you make a decision, but you, you kind of want to – it would be great to have two studs right now. They don't. If you're going to get a second one, I like the idea of getting a 21-year-old to pair up with uh, with DJ Moore. Good point. So, Brad, the Lions are in the NFC Championship game, year three of Dan Campbell's tenure. They went 12 games in the first two seasons. Do you look at where where they are and how they got there as evidence of how the Bears can do this in year three and make a similar type leap, or do you look at it as, boy, there's no way the Bears can now take the North because the Lions are at the top and they're not giving it up and the Packers are in front of them too. Yeah, there I mean there's a lot to there's a lot of climbing that needs to be done here. The Lions the Lions have drafted really well. Really well under Brad Holmes. Um they have been uh super thrifty in free agency, okay? They have not done a whole lot in terms of free agency when you talk about uh, guarantees and multi-year contracts. It's been very much on the low end there. The Bears, in less time with their administration, has been more active in free agency, I think. But the Lions have hit in the draft. Because you talk about how young the Bears are, uh, the Packers are younger, and Detroit – like the Bears are third third youngest in the league. I want to say Detroit's like fifth youngest, guys. So they're ba- those three teams in the North are basically kind of the same age. Uh, so it would be extraordinary if the Bears made a leap to the NFC title game in 2024. I don't think they're on that trajectory, but that doesn't mean I don't believe they're headed in the right direction, particularly if they get the quarterback thing figured out. Right. Green Bay looked like they might win that game at one point. In yeah, sure, or, yeah. Or maybe should have won it. Yeah. 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 With, yeah. you know, again, they're, they're, uh, he's throwing the ball to a bunch of guys that came out of nowhere. Like, and, uh, it's going to be really interesting, uh, to see how, Brian Gutekunst and his staff in Green Bay attack this offseason. Like, how do they put together their list of needs versus wants? Um, How active are they in putting some players around Jordan Love when Aaron Rodgers at least kind of gave off the thought that they're at the end that they, you know, guys, I need help at wide receiver. I need this. Um, How do the Packers – uh, go about that because they've got certainly it would appear to be some developing young talent uh, around the quarterback. Thanks a ton, Brad. Great catching up. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Brad. Have a great day, guys. That is the football man of the Chicago Tribune, Brad Biggs. Also, Jordan Love's going to get paid. Don't you think this is oh, the offseason where – that contract. They've already said they're going to bring him back, it, and that's. But it, that I, I'm very curious. Yeah. What is the size of that contract? Oh, it's going to be just based on his. 
based on his, him he's becoming worth, one of the best quarterbacks in the league at his the second end of the half year. of his season they didn't lose because of him no and they're going to win a lot of football games because of him moving forward yeah i, I mean he's going to be a problem for a while here for the bears and it, as we said you know it's weird how they kind of match up with detroit and they can't match up with Green Bay. They match it better with Detroit than Green Bay. You're exactly believe, right. Hard to believe. It's hard to take the North when the younger team with the better quarterback is in front How of you. How are you going to never give it back if you never claim it? <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast they're not taking a dramatic uh, step away from anything they were doing under luke getzi here with shane waldron I, i i would imagine there's a good chance some terminology is going to be different. Players will pick up on that pretty quickly, schematically. I think uh, a lot of the stuff they're going to be doing is similar, and that'll probably be a welcome thing for, for some of the veterans who remain, right? Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Word this morning, Bears finishing up a deal with Shane Waldron to make him their new offensive coordinator. And, um, 
you know, he doesn't come here as a quarterback's coach like Luke Getze did. He comes here as a play caller, and that experience will uh, will probably help him, and he's a little bit um, further along in his career than the guy they just fired. And um, I think that I think that is a good thing to have someone with experience in that role. And I don't I think Luke Getze did a really good job, especially his first season, especially when he made the adjustment and uh, and got the most out of the running ability of Justin Fields. Uh, the problem came in year two. When you open the season, you decide you're going to change the way that he plays and you open the season and you lose the first four games of the year. And in the midst of it, you have the quarterback saying that he's uncomfortable and what he's being asked to do and he doesn't feel uh, like things are as easy and he's thinking too much, et cetera. Yeah, I think Luke Getzey showed his inexperience in not being able to adapt to begin this season and really grasp the obvious. Tried to think too much, tried to be too cute, tried to do too many things that Justin Fields struggled with, and it wasn't as free as he needed to be. A lot of reasons for why Luke Getzey got fired. What's exciting about Shane Waldron is that experience and is his, his past and his history with working with different styles of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. As I said, when he came to Seattle, it was to coach and call plays for Russell Wilson. It's a pretty good guy to have experience calling plays for. That was the last year in Seattle for Russell Wilson. Right. Then it was Drew Locke and a combination of Geno Smith. Geno Smith, different quarterback from Russell Wilson, different stage of his career. That went pretty well. Geno Smith made the Pro Bowl. Shane Waldron presided over all of that, and I think his experience and variety of experiences speaks well for what to expect in Chicago. He's worked for Bill Belichick. He's worked for Sean McVay, was his passing game coordinator. Uh, He's worked for Pete Carroll. And every stop along the way, he got a little bit more responsibility and had a little bit more success. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see um, how he does here in Chicago and who he's working with, right? I mean, if they use the top pick in the draft to bring in Caleb Williams, that's different than whether they're bringing back Justin Fields or bringing in someone while maybe drafting someone that will not play immediately. There's there's a lot of different options that the Bears could go with. I I think you take the quarterback if you got the number one. I do too, and I think that I, I, running this doesn't change that. Right. They could have made a hire that would have given us pause. Would have said, "Oh, didn't see that coming, Greg Roman." Or, wow, that history with a running quarterback suggests that they're going to find a way to make Justin Fields look like Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think Shane Waldron is that guy. I think it will be interesting to see who else he brings with him. We know that he is inheriting a tight ends coach and an offensive line coach, and Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, respected enough by Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus to stay. That – is something that any new offensive coordinator would have to accept going in. Not the most ideal way to undergo a search for an offensive coordinator because that relationship is an important one. 312-644-6767. Steve's waited a long time. He's got something to say. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. 
Hey guys, how are you? Good. So, um, not talking about the Bears, although that's what I'd like to talk about. I feel pretty passionately about this Terrence Shannon situation. Mm -hmm. And David, um, big fan of yours, but I think we've, the discourse around these issues have become so against the accused. And he said some things factually that just weren't true. So first, the judge ordered him back on the team. The university has no choice. He was still a student. He was still working out. The judge said you cannot interfere with his basketball career. So he was ordered back on the team. That's in defense of Brad Underwood. The second thing is you said the university saw some facts about the instance that led them to suspend him. Not true. University said explicitly it had no facts. That Lawrence PD was not providing facts about the situation. And they had a policy that if a kid was arrested for a felony, any felony, he or she was automatically suspended. Well, and the third thing. Okay, go ahead. Okay. And then, and then I'll obviously yeah, sure. love to hear your response. The, the third thing is rape's a big word. It's a scary word. It's a word we all have to take extremely seriously. But if you look at the underlying facts in the police report, which is now public record in his restraining order proceeding, the facts are very challenging here for the, for the state. And the prosecutor is very reminiscent of the Duke, Lacro the Duke Lacrosse prosecutor. Can't make that comparison. Yeah, no. you, you, you can't compare that. We respect your points. And try to address them, Steve. Look, nobody's trying to – nobody has an agenda here. When you're talking about facts, the facts that we're referring to, I think – I don't want to speak for you, Molly, but I think we both were referring to the idea that when there is a charge like this, in, in, how serious it is in nature, the fact that he was charged compelled the university to act. And the rhetoric surrounding this suspension, however you want to refer to it, reflected that they were taking it seriously. So I guess that's number one. Number two, uh, they cannot interfere with his career. He can make him eligible, and he is eligible. I don't know without reading it necessarily, but it would be unprecedented, wouldn't it be, for a judge to be able to dictate how much a player can play if he should start, come off the bench, how many minutes he could participate? That's a coach's decision. And I don't know many judges that have that kind of jurisdiction or reach, and I don't think that's the case here. And then the rape charge, I, I don't want to compare this to Duke lacrosse. I don't think you have to compare it to anything. He was charged with rape, and I think that when you talk about what that implies, you have to take that seriously. And I just don't know if seeing him on the court for 16 minutes or get 16 points, it, it, it suggests that it is. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, um, I don't know what the, what the, um, what the judge uh, that stayed this suspension um, had to say about it. I know that the ruling was that um, that he, his, his ability to um, participate in sports. Uh, inability to do so damaged his future. And the idea was because he's not 
convicted of anything, but he has been charged. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a right to protect his future and whether that means he plans on declaring for the the 2024 NBA draft, you would think that is the case. Um, they wanted to make sure that um, his participation in future games protected his future in terms of basketball. It has nothing to do with innocence or guilt. It has only to do with the the time difference between the trial and sure and and where he's now with the suspension. So the suspension was lifted. That's all it was. Did you get the impression the first time that they mm-hmm. announced the suspension that the university was troubled by the charge? Yes. Okay. That's all and that that's not all, but that well, is they, the that is the Josh impetus Whitman to, to wondering this now. He had talked to him about well, it, and he never told him that. And so I I I I think we talked about this in the pick six. This was what I felt like maybe Steve is reacting to. What changed? Has anything changed? Because well, if you're that his, bothered his, enough, his attorney uh, brought a lawsuit to defend the player against whatever procedural safeguards were in place that would prevent him from playing because it was damaging his future uh, employment. I I totally respect the law and the way that they they were able to do that, and they got a judge to lift that and and be able to reinstall him, or at least his eligibility. Yeah. But if you're that troubled by what that charge implied as a coach – do you are you then compelled to play him if you're still that troubled or conflicted? No, you're not. Well, I I don't know the answer to that, David, because I don't know what the dr- judge's ruling was in terms of the role he had played on the team, and it had to be similar. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know, but it, so wouldn't it be unprecedented to have a judge say that you have to play somebody a certain well, number of minutes or I, to return okay. to his role? But but he, yeah, I think it's I think. Again, you don't want to legislate how much playing time a coach gives the guy, right? That is a private matter. And certainly, if you felt that he wasn't in the same condition or if you felt he wasn't deserving of the minutes, you wouldn't have played him that many minutes. The idea that you bring him back in the role that he was in, albeit coming off the bench instead of starting, um, that is that is a coaching decision. Totally. Yeah. It's a coaching decision. Right. We have we have seen coaches who will bench their best players for attitude issues that we're not aware of that maybe go on behind the scenes. Yes. This would be very, very like that situation. You would be having a coach making a playing time decision based on things unrelated to his talent. And yeah. that happens all the time. Right. What changed if they were bothered by it when they – had to suspend him based on the the way that their rules are stated and stipulated. What changed in that? If he's now eligible, are they still bothered, or are they learn information that makes them less bothered? I don't know. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We're going to get back to all your calls. We'll talk uh, uh, some NFL too. People want to talk about that, and we will do that next. Mully and Hall on the score. Wide right, wide right, the Bills kicker missed a field goal, wide right, jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, that would have been the the tying field goal from 44 yards yesterday, and instead they miss, and that is the name of that. It took the, the Chiefs getting the ball back, getting first downs, all that stuff. Yeah, a lot happened before right. that point. That's right. what people will remember, and certainly what Tyler Bass will never forget missing a chance to give the Bills a victory and in, in really over a team they can't beat in the postseason and continue their ascent. Now that's not going to happen. Their season is over. Josh Allen did what he could do, put the ball right where Stephon Diggs usually wants it. He dropped that bomb. And a lot of things happened to get to, get to the point where the Chiefs are advancing. Sixth straight AFC championship game for Patrick Mahomes, and he's been a starter for six years. Pretty good. Poor guy. Pretty good player. All the talk about him winning on the road or having to go on the road, and boy. But, yeah, didn't really matter. He was efficient. He was uh, he did what he needed to do, and Chiefs move on. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, going to be a good matchup in the AFC Championship game. Let's get back to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. J.C. is in Oak Lawn. Hey, J.C. Well, hello there, fellas. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, man, you know, you guys really set the tone for what I wanted to talk about. Uh, we're really discounting the value of the field goal kicker. Now, we saw two instances where the field goal would have at least possibly got them in the overtime, the Packers. And also the Bills. Now, considering uh, Tony Dungy had Adam Vinatieri, he called him Muddy, and then the Bears used to have a good one called Robbie Gold, and the Bears had a, a bad one called Cody Parkey that kept about <laughs> with Philadelphia. How important! Now the Cowboys have a good one that was a soccer player, Brendan Aubrey. Yeah, there's a good one called Peyton Woodring in Georgia. How important is it? For the Bears, the field goal kicker they got is good, but he's not great. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, Cairo Santos. He's pretty good, JC. And, and JC, they just paid him. Yeah. They just gave him a contract extension, so he's not going anywhere. I, I think they actually are in a position where they have to feel good about Cairo Santos to the mm-hmm. point where weren't we complaining one game where they didn't try a 50-yard field goal because of his consistency? You thought, why not give him a chance? And Matt Eberflus lost his nerve and blamed the weather, and they never took a shot. You got to have a kicker you trust. And JC's right, though. These games so often come down to one possession, one kick, one field goal. And yesterday, boy, that's going to be a hard one to, to outlive. And if you're in Buffalo, you're in Buffalo, ask Scott Norwood how long that takes. Oh, man. That's tough. Is he allowed into a game? <laughs> was he there? And do you blame it on him? Was he wearing a shirt if he was there? Get his shirt pulled off. Uh, Steve's on the road. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hey. Um, I was just wondering uh, why the Bears don't have Olin and uh, Tom Thayer call Jason Kelsey and have him – put his shirt back on and get out of the skybox and come and play for the Bears. Thank you. Well, shouldn't Hilgi make that phone call with Olin? Poor Tom Wait, gets dragged so into it. 
He doesn't want them to just tell him to put a shirt back on. They want he wants Jason Kelsey to play for the Bears. I guess. Yeah, not gonna happen. Now he's retiring. He's yeah. well, he's under contract. He's he's, he's thirty six. Yeah, and he apparently announced his retirement to teammates, and then said the next day, "Well, it was probably overly emotional." Thirty six, but looks older. Yeah, gotta say. Well. <laughs> After the, after the weekend. Know, I don't know how much time he's got left, but I know that he made like $14 million, 250 or something last year. He's fine. Do you want to pay him that? He could afford a shirt. No, he was partying. <laughs> okay. He was also, he was like leaning out of the box without his shirt. I appreciate the fact like he had a good time. He had yeah. a great time. Great time. Yeah. Great time mixing with the Bills Mafia, but, you know, it's, come on. Let's try Mike. Mike's on the Odyssey app. Hey, Mike. Good morning. You know, there's all this talk about Kevin Warren and his vision, right? He has a vision for the Bears. Mm. If he has vision, I'm walking in the polls office, and I'm seeing Green Bay, who actually outplayed San Francisco. Should have won the game, arguably. Yeah, go on. I see Detroit, who's in the NFC Championship game. And I'm looking at the vision and saying, wait, we finished fourth two years in a row. I don't see us being the Packers. Maybe Detroit actually played down to us because it always happens. Teams play down to their competition. If Vikings keep Cousins and Hunter doesn't go anywhere, what are we going to finish? Fourth again? Third at the best? They're not going to beat the Packers. So if I'm Warren, I'm walking and saying, Jim Harbaugh, get him. That is the only way we're going to be able to compete in this division. Yeah, that that ship sailed. That ship sailed. Yeah. What week they're is keeping, this? They're keeping their head coach, and they're actually going to sign an that offense coordinator today. Would have been a great call. Yes. Two weeks ago. There you go. I mean, on yeah. on January eighth, that would have been a tremendous phone call. Listen, and I'm not insulting anyone, but they're. I don't know if you saw the news conference where they're selling losing, but they believe they're on the way up. They're, they Didn't he compare them to, to the Rams? You got to lose for a couple of years, and then you find out you have a Hall of Famer in your The St. Louis Rams bench. a long time ago. Yeah. Those are some didn't dated, he make that comparison? Those are some dated references. I, I think the one thing you're looking for in terms of a modern-day comp is that what's right in front of them. Dan Campbell won two, 12 games in two seasons. He definitely was part of a franchise that had you know, basically symbolized losing. And the Bears, let's face it, the last decade, they're not, they're not winning a lot. They've done a good job losing. They've done a very good job losing. That is the model you're looking to follow. I don't think the St. Louis Rams are relevant in this conversation. problem is they're in your division, and so is, they're in front of you. So is Green Bay. They're in front of you. Yeah, that's the only issue. That's Two other franchises have gotten progressively better while you've been stinking up a storm. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.